What is up, guys? Welcome back to First Cut, and this is the Meaning of Podcast, a podcast where we talk about your favorite films and filmmakers and the deeper meaning within them. This episode is a TV-centered episode, which I am obviously excited for because I love talking about TV, and I finally have a TV show that I have a common interest in with the rest of the crew here which is RB3 and Sabrina, who I must confess at the top are much, much bigger fans than I am of this show, uh, especially this past season. We are going to talk about season two of Euphoria. Obviously, this season has been talked about quite a bit throughout all of social media, throughout podcasts, even like actual news outlets that are talking about this show. It is becoming quite the phenomenon I just looked up an article right now on Variety saying it is the most watched show since Game of Thrones on HBO. This has picked up quite a bit of traction, but we are specifically going to center around season two, uh, because if we were talking about season one, it might be a different conversation altogether. But let's jump right into where we finished off, which is the ridiculous finale of season two, Lexi's play, Our Life, Sabrina. Your thoughts yes. on the finale <laughs> of season two of Euphoria. I am a huge lover of the show, um, especially season one. But overall, um, just focusing on this last episode, I feel like there was just so much left unsaid and not enough where you can kind of just like pick up in the next season because we know we're not getting it until at least like 2024 at the earliest. So now there's so many different threads that Sam Levinson like interwove. And I was one of those people where I enjoyed Malcolm and Marie. Um, I enjoy the stuff he does and I kind of like understand him. I'm like, I don't think he's the greatest at everything. I don't think he's a fantastic writer. But I think he has this distinct way of storytelling that I find fascinating. But this was very Sam Levinson of him to just add so many details all throughout the entire series from episode one till the end where we don't get any type of payoff where it feels like some type of resolution, but enough to keep us wanting more. That's what I feel like this uh, season finale lacked on a little bit. What about you, RB3? What are your thoughts on the finale? Um, yeah, I mean, there a lot of people, somebody on Twitter said it, a lot of people on Twitter said it, but it felt very much like a series finale more than like a season finale, um, in the sense of like, it ends with like this, like kind of textbook narration, <laughs> like almost like a walk into the sunset kind of thing, which I don't know. I didn't really find very fitting. Um, I didn't love the finale of the first season of Euphoria either. Like I thought that finale was a little bit bleak and a little bit like not, you know, a little bit less substantial than I thought the show had built up to be, especially for a show so deep to really just end on like a dance sequence. I didn't really like love that aspect of it. Um, but I think this one, I think th this finale is a little bit indicative of, I feel like the whole season, which is beautiful cinematography, great acting, um, great um, music and just like great overall execution, but just not fully thought out and fully realized like storylines and um, like drawn out uh, you know, uh, character threats that I feel like, as, as Sabrina said, maybe should have been more flourished uh, throughout this throughout the season finale. Yeah, can we talk about this? Uh, how do we feel about the season as a whole? How about that, Sabrina? Exactly. I echo what RB3 just said, where a lot of things were executed so wonderfully and you can tell, like, the actors genuinely put their all into every single character, but it was 
not the best overall. I think there was a lot of really great moments and there were some characters that I was very happy to see more of somebody like Maddie. I feel like we had so much progression with Maddie. I could talk about her for so long because she was kind of labeled as this like mean girl, but then we really get this like vulnerable side of her, even towards the beginning of the season, um, right as it opens and stuff, we are with her at the party and then it continues on. And something from the first season that they had this callback with that I really appreciated was them saying that she never had like the thought of like having a job or anything like that. Like she, she wouldn't ever say that, but she wouldn't, she doesn't want a job. She has no like ambition in that way. And then here we see her babysitting and becoming more independent, becoming more like being able to be alone with herself and not be so wrapped up in this toxic relationship. There's stuff like that, that I appreciated, but then we go to someone like Jules who is just completely sidelined. I feel like, I feel like every moment we saw her, it was so unfortunate where her character was going because we know she has an incredible heart. We know she's an incredible person, but every single move she was making was so selfish or just not fleshed out enough for us to even care about the storyline. So like, you know what, this is something that really upset me. The scene we get with Nate, um, and I feel like this goes for the entire uh, season as a whole. There was just a lot of like shock value, but this, the moment we get with Nate and Maddie, where he goes to get the tape with a gun in her place and then delivers it to Jules. It's like, that feels hollow. That feels empty. And earlier in the season, we had something built up between Maddie and Jules as like they were becoming closer of friends. So it would have made more sense if, if Maddie gave her the tape because like, hey, this is this is for you. Like, I'm not going to use this against anybody like this is exploiting you. So I'm going to deliver this to you. But then when we get it with Nate, it's this weird, hollow, shallow moment that does not resonate at all, or at least it didn't for me. How'd you feel about the season as a whole, RB3? Um, yeah, just echoing echoing what Sabrina said. Yeah, I think they they kind of made it a much more of like the I feel like the first season was a lot more of like a stronger ensemble where we had uh, a lot of interesting characters like like Cat, like um, Chris McKay, um, like a lot of other characters who just uh, were were in the foreground. Um, that just like Sabrina said, just got completely um, moved to the to the background. Even Jules, who had a great spinoff episode herself yeah. uh, uh, during during the pandemic, um, I thought we were going to see a lot more from her character. But it seemed like this season was a lot more focused on becoming like the Zendaya show with like additional props of like other other things. But even down to like Lexi's storyline, like I feel like Lexi, even though they gave Lexi a lot more to do in this season with um, her relationship with Fesco and like that was probably one of the more like remarkable standouts of the season. Um, I feel like her writing the entire play, like the they made the entire the whole crux of her entire play about like the relationship between her and Rue, but like Lexi has gone through a lot more than that, like as a character, like the whole thing with her and Cassie is like a, a, a much bigger thing. And they they kind of play that for jokes and play that for laughs, which is, you know, understandably so, because there is a lot more drama and a lot more tension that you can build from that kind of situation. But it's just still like it's so Zendaya focused and so Rue focused that, you know, whereas the first season was so rich, like so rich in terms of. Like I, I read this article where the cinematographer for the first season talked about the way they they shot it, the style with like the highly glittered ish stuff and like the highly contrasting lighting and and like all those kind of like digital kind of aesthetic because they're looking to portray this thing of like emotional surrealism or like emotional realism like through the cinematography. And this season, you know, they definitely go for 
much more of like an artsy fartsy like shot on film like looks beautiful kind of aesthetic but it doesn't really add that much to what the actual context of the story is and i think that's just indicative of what this season's more about it's more about looks and aesthetics and like what's gonna play for memes than this for than this about actual storytelling and something that you kind of mentioned about like the ensemble of it all we had so many really incredible moments in the first season where the cast was together. Like at the end of the day, they're all supposed to be this like large group of friends. You know, you have those people that you're more acquaintances with, but you've known them for a long time. So you're very familiar with them. We get those moments and we get that feeling. It feels like in this season, they were separated more so than ever. And maybe that goes with the whole idea of Lexi's play in our life and how they were kind of like isolating themselves from each other. They were keeping secrets from each other and they've grown apart as a friend group. But it's pretty interesting since this picked off so quickly after season one to get that shift so abruptly, I thought was really, I don't know, just didn't work as well with me because like some of those best moments are them together. And we still got some of that here. where like the bathroom scene where they're like, oh, you're auditioning for Oklahoma. And we get these like funny back and forths with everybody and everybody has a second to shine. Even somebody like Kat, who we do not see at all in this season, basically. Um, so yeah, that's when they're like the strongest when they're all together. And then it takes brief moments of separating themselves from the group more so than this, where we will spend so much time with one person, especially in this finale. It was insane to me, these cuts that like they were making with the editing. It was so weird where we'd spend like a chunk of time with Fesco and then we're going back to the play and then we're in here for so long that we forget what's happening with Fesco. And it feels like we're watching the same scene over and over again, you know? Uh, RB3, you're the editor here. The editing of this show has been talked about a lot on Twitter. Talk to me about the editing specifically of this season. How do you feel about it as a whole? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm personally a fan of it. I like, I like, this, I like the style that they're going for. It is a little bit jumpy. In that last in the- episode, though? I, and I couldn't last, follow the last, like the last episode jump from the play being over and Rue talking about like, I really liked your play and the play's still going on. And and yeah, we're in the middle of insane. a gunfight with Fesco. And I was like, yeah. what is happening with the gunfight though? <laughs> if the play's over. Well, that was, you know, and that was really egregious. Uh, they're doing like some Nolan Dunkirk, like mixed timelines kind of thing. Yeah. I thought, I thought that one example that was really egregious was like she looks at Elliot and then they go into like a 10 minute flashback scene with her and Elliot and then we come back and it was just like back in the play. I'm like, yo, wait, wait, wait. I'm completely lost here. Like I forgot I forgot we was even here. And then homeboy Elliot was singing this song like for literally like a good five or six minutes strumming along. It's like, oh, I'm still working on it. Well, what do you got to work on? You making an album over here, buddy? Like, damn, you chill. It's like uh, all too well, like the 10 minute Taylor Swift version. That's literally this, but with Dominic Fike right now with Elliot. Um, (laughs) I definitely like I thought I enjoyed that part and I enjoyed seeing like with the lyrics, like how it touched Rue. But we spent so much time there and it wouldn't be as bad if we had a little bit like here and there that was more fleshed out. Like we said, with that ending with Rue, it's just she like walks out and it felt like the tone just completely shift from all of everything that was being built up. I thought the second to last episode that we got in this season was so much stronger. And that one didn't even technically close out anything, but like you actually felt the weight of everything, but her just walking off in outside. And then she's like, Oh, 
I stayed clean for the rest of the school year. And it felt like the ending of a really cheesy 2000s movie where they just go walk off into the sunset and there's some like text that pops up on screen or some narration of like, yeah, everything worked out, like all is well now, even though this show is entirely chaos. I really highly doubt that like there wasn't notable things to mention. And even if this voiceover is taking place at the end of the school year. So like, what's up with Fezco? What's up with this? What's up with that? Like, there's just so much stuff that like her narration didn't mention and something that I kept defending. And again, I'm being really negative. I still love the hell out of the show every single week. It was just, it was an event to watch every single episode. Yeah, truly. It's just like looking at it as a whole, looking back, there's just so much more that I wanted from it. And that's because I love this show so much. And I love these characters so much, but like when we're going through like episode two, three, four, a lot of people were criticizing like the editing and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe in my head, I'm like, maybe it's a reflection of our, our narrator, our main character, Rue, you know, like she's in the deepest like depths of her relapse. So maybe that's why it's so chaotic and messy. Cause we don't have that through line anymore, but now I don't know. I can't, I can't defend I, that anymore. <laughs> I shot that down when you told me that I was like, yeah. <laughs> no. And I think the last episode kind of summed it up that didn't really seem that way. Uh, as much as we talk about that, I kind of want to talk about what stuff has been going on behind the scenes. We've heard a lot about Sam Levinson and his decisions to center certain stories around certain characters. We also heard about certain comments coming from the actress who plays Cassie, uh, the actress who plays Kat. Um, we know Homie who plays McKay just got literally tossed out the show basically because we didn't see him ever again in the entire season. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about the relationship between the creator and the actors, especially with a show that tries to be so personal, so transparent with sexual stuff, with whatever kind of personal stuff that you want to get into. It feels like it feels like he is kind of getting a little bit power hungry here. And whether it's Kat's character who did get kind of destroyed this season, like, my God, Kat's character is straight up unlikable. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think she's- Just annoying, She's honestly. just unlikable. Uh, and she wasn't unlikable before. She was actually no, kind of cool. No, absolutely not. And, yeah. and stuff with Ethan, stuff with, with McKay, and, and the whole like, yeah, I told you to get naked, but if, if you really, 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 really don't want to, I guess it's okay. That stuff is a little weird to me and it always will be weird to me. But again, this is the show. How do you guys feel about the whole Sam Levinson actors controversy? I feel like um, with all of this, obviously I can't speak on what we have like heard, like judging on what Sydney Sweeney has kind of talked about with her experiences of course we do see her um nude quite a bit in this season um and I would hope that if she is like yo I don't want this I'm uncomfortable that that would be okay because apparently they have a intimacy coordinator on set as shows like this should um so like that's the biggest thing is like the comfort of it all um but it's, it goes with what I said earlier about his kind of like shock value with everything. It's like, he just turns it up to a hundred. So I feel like it's not necessarily like coming from a place of trying to be like gross to a person, but it comes from a place of him always wanting to do the most. Like 
with that scene with Nate and Maddie, that is just traumatizing for that character for no reason. And it did not have to happen. And I didn't love it. And I didn't think it really added anything necessarily. And that's some of these scenes as well. Some of this nudity, other stuff I heard about like what he wanted, um, like with the character of Faye, who is played by an adult actress, like there was like a scene apparently where like the guy who plays her boyfriend in it, um, there was like a moment where she was supposed to be naked and the guy was like, I don't really think that's that necessary either. So it's not just Sydney Sweeney. It's a few other instances. It's also Minka Kelly too. Do you guys hear about Minka Kelly? Is that who no. you're talking about? No, I'm Minka- talking about Chloe Cherry who plays Faye. The one oh, that was staying I, with Fesco. I heard it, it also came out with Minka Kelly. Like I told you guys privately behind the scenes, like if there's that many stories of that many actors saying the same thing, like Minka Kelly did not want to like be nude and he kept insisting and she was like, yeah, but he let it go. And I told him it was cool and he's cool. And I'm just like, that's like the fourth actor or like the fifth actor that said that. Uh, what do you think about this whole thing, RB3 with Sam Levinson and picking his favorite actors and kind of leaving the other ones to the side? Well, for when I'm trying to look up who uh, Miss Kelly is, who's, who's she? Who's she? She's the, Minka she, Kelly was the woman who Maddie was babysitting her yes. son. Oh, okay. The rich lady, the rich white lady who has the nice house and the dresses. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. She was asking her to take your clothes off. Um, yeah. But exactly. yeah, that, that has was, the, what's the point for that character? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the deal with that is. But yeah, I do think um, you know, it's also probably like an HBO thing too, right? I'm sure HBO has a certain kind of like titty minimum or something like that that, that they gotta hit. <laughs> Um, we already saw, you know, Game of Thrones. They just be going wild with you. Haven't stuff. even seen Game of Thrones, bro. Get like, <laughs> also, the thing is, like, we see so many like penises as well. I'm like, what word could I use right now? Yeah. We see so many, so it's not like it's just completely one sided. It really is like everybody. He has so many background actors. But I, just I still like, don't feel like it justifies it, though. I just feel like it's all shock value. I just feel it, like well, he just I mean, wants to first... see people naked just to be like, yo, look at my show. I got naked people. The first season had that, I think it was like episode two or three, had that whole thing yeah, of just so like 20 penises, like in the shot. There was like so many. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know. It. I think it really just truly is. He has a particular style and way of doing things that always has to be turned up to a thousand. Like look at Assassination Nation. Yeah, His film, he did that one. That one's wild. That's literally like euphoria taken even 10 times crazier. All right. But well, no nudity too. There's not a lot of nudity. In no nudity, anything, so. yeah. Um, like the I mean, ideas, I'm, like the themes. The ideas, and stuff. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Extreme violence and and and, and yeah. all that. Um, Just in a I think, way. Yeah, in a different way. And I think with I think we Euphoria they definitely like use the sex thing to sell a, a bunch of it. But I think they I think they did realize like over the course of the season to like drill back on it because I I do probably see like them, you know. I do probably see like because that was a big course, uh, big discussion over the course of the season is how much um of that was and i know that was a problem that you have for a long time on just like with watching this show was the fact i just think it's a i, I just think it's a little weird the fascination with and, and i know this is going to sound like old man me but i just think it's a little weird the fascination with like undressing high schoolers and just really just like making that a, a an entire portion of your show where i i feel like what is the purpose of certain things? And if you have a reason and if you have a purpose, go for it. But it's sometimes it really didn't feel like it didn't have a purpose. And it was just there to be like, look at these titties. And I'm just like, 
but what what is it what is it I, I just don't understand what exactly he's trying to communicate by by doing this whole like high schoolers undress high schoolers gone wild it felt I mean, a it's always been weird. a thing though it's uh, not to Has this it? extent because we have like hbo and stuff but with like high schoolers and like sex scenes and stuff look at something like gossip girl like of course the actors didn't show nudity but it's the same idea of like they are like hyper sexualizing no um, i'm like, not young i'm people. not talking about that yeah the sexual yeah that's been around for 50 years i'm talking about the the literal way he chooses to shoot it the way he chooses to frame it the way like he it, chooses to make it portions of the episode that are just there simply to be like oh look at this and it's not like, defending him but i feel like um overall because people obviously say that about this which is 100 valid i literally agree um it's a, they say the same thing with like the drug use and different things like that but i think it kind of accurately portrays all this stuff. It would kind of feel a little bit CWE if like we we're watching it. Like that's not what Euphoria is. Unfortunately, we see the craziest stuff from Rue. Look at that scene with her in the bathtub with um, the woman from Marriage Story, the drug dealer. Oh, that's yeah. so heavy, so gross. Like we never get to see that with like abuse like stories like drug abuse stories um mm. especially when it deals with like really young people but we do get that portrayal because i know that a lot of the times people talk about how the first season romanticized this which i i disagree but um i think finally seeing some type of authentic portrayal is also really interesting and I mean, it's working out in their favor because the amount of people that tune in and like the thing about it is that the audience is not tuning in to be like, oh, this has nudity and titties and stuff like that. They're actually interested in the story and invested with the characters. Every time an episode was dropping, all the trending things were like, Rue, no, Rue, stop. Elliot, no, Jules, no. Like if people were just tweeting all this stuff out, they were just tweeting their thoughts as they were watching it. So like at least the audience for the most part, as far as I know, is actually coming into this for the story and not just for like, to like exploit all of this. And I don't I, think that's his intention either. I, okay, even if that is the case, now that we're hearing stories behind the scenes that certain actors are pushing back on it. And as much as we say, oh, he said he was cool with it. He also undercut a lot of people's stories. And you could also say it's because of it. Right. And that's starting to get a little bit abuse of power. And obviously we don't have that correlation, Sabrina. I know you were going to say that's not necessarily true, but because, like the cat one, that's like completely different. That's like a personal thing. It had nothing to do with like hypersexuality or like anything. Right. But if I say, if I say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this and you say, Oh, that's fine. I'm just going to delete. Well, that's not what she line. said though. That's not what happened. She didn't like the direction of her character, the way yeah. he was writing as no, like, as like, of like a woman like sure, what sure, he was sure. doing with like um just like body representation mm -hmm. apparently she was pushing back on it and so that's what it was it was more about like just no, the direction of her character I, rather I, than like sexualizing it but it still led to consequences <laughs> i will apparently i because like i can't obviously none of us were there and so we don't yeah. know for sure I was gonna say, Andres. That's I feel like that's definitely that's a different than like cutting somebody's scenes than like that's different than cutting somebody's scenes for not wanting to take the clothes off. You know what I mean? I think. But uh, how do we know? 
I mean, well, but how do we not know? People have already said. People have already said that that wasn't the case. It was more about like the body representation and like her character as a young woman, like a young plus sized woman. That's like what it was, but not nudity and stuff. Because like, look at what she was doing in the first season. Like, it wasn't any of that necessarily. Um, and apparently, we could cut this part out. But apparently, she like stormed off of set, and then he was like, "If you don't want to finish the scene, fine. I'm gonna have to cut this whole chunk." So like. Yeah. that's that's like where that kind of started i mean if she wasn't comfortable then maybe he should really take a look it wasn't at comfortable like that though <laughs> I, it wasn't like comfort. that if you no, if, it wasn't no she just didn't like like where her storyline was going well, like with maybe he should her listen. relationship <laughs> well, well, how yo, am i wrong yo, in this situation yo, I'm defending. you're not wrong but you know hey, hey, yo, you're man, like I no the the no. One creator guy who has all the power is right. No, like, he okay. did this. You know, he just every time they just Michael Bay. It's like it's like it's like you you get a little tiny bit of smoke and it's like you you blaze up the whole forest. I'm telling you, he's Bro, not. It's not that bad. If there's smoke, there's right. fire, man. No, and if there's it's five not. actors who have said the same. No, but it's thing. it's hard to. Well, she wasn't a part of that, but like obviously that's very valid but it's hard to speculate on like complete rumors that we don't know the full story of i understand like, that's exactly what i'm doing i i completely acknowledge <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'm just speculating some chatty patties like, right now honestly i feel like there's so much like with with a lot of this stuff sam levinson like i said earlier is not a great writer he's amazing at writing rue because that's a story that's very personal to him but for a lot of different other storylines it feels like he just kind of kind of gets like lost in his own sauce like that's truly what it is he's just it's almost like he has too much clout for his own good and he's able to do whatever he wants like bringing back that film that's been like out of release for so long he's able to do that with a snap of a finger something that's probably so expensive uh-huh. and as a filmmaker you're probably like hell yeah like i really the world is my oyster for sure yeah so i was gonna uh, say i don't know if we could like spend some time saying some positive things about the season like yeah please <laughs> i do have some positive things i, I, I mean is what's what's a positive thing you want to say <laughs> well i mean just like sabrina said with them bringing back the old film that uh i don't know exactly what kind of film that was but that has the Kodak to do with, that like, what you mean I, it makes I, the show I hate beautiful it when people say, if, if this episode beautiful? went like andres wanted we talk about these rumors and speculation for the next 40 minutes no no that's not what i'm saying at all i just feel like the show is entertaining it, it, okay I'll, I'll start how about i'll start with the positive yeah. Because I, I sound like the most negative. Even though you guys just ranted for, I'm the most negative. Come on, but man. it was valid rants. Here's my thing. <laughs> I thought everything with Rue was was well done. I, I felt like the Rue running away episode, like literally running the entire Fantastic. episode, was was really well done. Was well thought out. Um, I thought the Rue. Uh, trying to rehabilitate herself was was well done as well. Rue relationship with Ali was really well done. Everything centered around Rue really felt genuine and good. I like seeing a more vulnerable side to Maddie as well, Sabrina. I thought that was really, really good as well. I just feel like as a whole, as a show, I feel like the hype might have killed it because it is gorgeous. It is really well shot. It is well-designed as far as the way they use their environment and the production design is really excellent. But every time, like RB3, you can't just be like, yo, the show is amazing. Look how well shot it is. That doesn't make a show a good show. 
Nah. Just because it's well shot and it has good lighting doesn't mean it's a good show. But that's I why mean, I like a... Dune. I oh. like Dune because it looks pretty. Dune is to well me shot. I like Dune because it's. I think it's a stunning story and it ha- it adds so much elements it's that includes intro to a story for sure. Yeah, but that's what it is. Like that's it. exactly it tells you. It's part one. Uh, but I I feel like every time people bring up euphoria like like you like film lovers like rb3 and they're like yeah because of film and i'm just like no does I'm that not mean saying, it's a good show okay i literally if it's only badly said written thing. i literally only said the film thing and then you started jumping down my throat there's other reasons i like i like you for it besides the film ready thing. to fight today uh, i'm I not like ready it. to fight i'm just saying like sabrina just said he's not a good writer then that, that's like the, that's the most weakest. important part of a show yeah, it's the like, writing I'm, I don't necessarily like. Yes, that is very important. I think he did an incredible job. Then is it a good show? The, then <laughs> well, I think he did a really great job with the first one. And somehow, even though his writing is some of the weakest parts, it is probably the weakest part of the entire show. There's still so many other things that are so strong from the performances to the likability of the characters. Besides somebody like Nate, but like even looking at Cal's backstory, that's like another big thing. This was a huge chunk. He is a horrible person. He is not redeemed. He is a horrible character. But looking into his backstory, it was genuinely just like so beautiful and heartbreaking and tragic to look at somebody like this and look what they had to go through and then they become a horrible person. It's not an excuse, but it's interesting to see it because I do think seeing like the flawed characters are really interesting and how you can write that is also very effective. And I think with those, he did a good job and then just completely forgot about somebody like Jules or somebody like Kat or whatever. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. I 100% agree with, with what you said, Sabrina. I don't think, you know, he's not trying to redeem Cal, but I think the way that storyline definitely, like, gave a lot more context to that character. I think, um, I think you know, there are some parts where the writing is not the best, but I think there are some parts where the writing is um, above above par, you know, like the, the Cal monologue, um, that whole, that monologue itself, like, it was just, at, as just a strong monologue. Um, I thought... <clears throat> Um, you know, the whole setup for the Rue running episode was good. And the, her um, snitching on Cassie in that moment, I thought that was a really good, like, piece of writing, good, like, uh, build up and everything to that, too. Um, I thought the whole execute, I thought the whole usage of the play as, like, a method to, like, tell this story, like, this kind of, like, third-person kind of story uh, was also another effective tool. So I think there is some good writing in there. There is enough that keeps you interested. And like Sabrina said, the first season was so strong that you do get invested enough in these characters that you are ready to watch for a season two. And the acting is, 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 is like top tier. I mean, Zendaya is next level. And even though you don't see as much of Jules, you don't see as much of like the characters you want to see, um, they still bring the best of what they, they got in the scenes that they are in. And then, you know, um, I can't not say that the guy who plays Nate is not a good actor. I can't not say that the guy who plays Cal yeah, even the guy who plays Cal, he was homie who was, um, I mean, he, apparently Eric he was like, Dane. Yeah, yeah, and um, Grey's Anatomy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, you know, definitely, definitely good to see that kind of transformation. I, 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 I like to, I liked a lot of aspects of the show. There are some weak aspects, but overall season two is a strong season. And overall, really? Euphoria is a, is a, is a, not a strong season, but definitely one of the better TV shows out. I mean, dang, it's, I, I felt connected like weekly getting hype watching it so it definitely is one of the best like watching experiences i had this year for sure 
I would cancel plans. I would be like, no, I'm not doing anything six o'clock and after. Like, too bad. You're not going to hear from me. Y'all need to watch more TV, man. No, 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 no. I've been, I've been watching Damn. quite a bit of TV. I'm not even going to lie. Like, sex lives of college girls, different things like that. There is nothing like Euphoria. And I think that's where it it really shines. Like, that's why it is so unique. It is so strong and it connects with audiences in a specific way because you'll never find anything else like it looking back besides maybe, you know what? Skins UK walked so Euphoria could run. I will say that. But even then, uh... this is still entirely unique even though the first season kind of had that same structure of like focusing on a character every single episode within the overall story as well. Um, there's nothing like Euphoria. So it was an event. I loved watching it. I loved every single second of it. Even when I am picking it apart and critiquing where I think if it fell short, I still overall spent every single week enjoying it. And I'm still very excited for the next season. And hopefully this time they will put more full thoughts that are fleshed out into this. Cause that's what I think it was. It's just like, honestly, being unprepared and not, thinking about everything fully being like, Oh, it'd be so crazy if Cassie and Nate hooked up. Why? I don't know. Let's just see how this goes. And that's yeah. what a lot of this felt like with so many. That's exactly what so it many was. Different moments. Yeah. 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 I mean, he said it in that episode too. I don't know if you saw that, uh, if that's where you're getting it from Sabrina, um, where he literally said that uh, he was just like, I just thought it'd be crazy. Isn't it crazy? And I'm just like, yeah, but what else, what's going to go from here? And that's kind of the whole reason why he brought up the whole Nate Cassie thing. And I was just like, is that how well, I mean, you do your process? All right. <laughs> they had some of this stuff makes sense. I still don't really love that storyline, but like no. they showed this like moment, these moments between them in the first season, they had already kind of spoken about how Cassie is somebody who is so like widely praised for being like gorgeous and stunning and all of that but still so desperately like seeks love wherever she can find it. I think there was a line in the first season that said like, she's fallen in love with every single one of her boyfriends, no matter how inconsequential that relationship was. She just like falls so madly for people because she's seeking this thing in herself. And that's mm -hmm. something, again, people can relate to maybe not as intensely as what she experienced, but I know there's people out there can, that can relate to Cassie in that way. There's people out there that can relate to Maddie with like being in a toxic relationship when you're super young and the independence that grows and how free you feel when you are rid of that. And that's one thing, like the end of this last episode, her being like, it's just the beginning. Like you are going to experience so much worse than you already are right now. So I don't even feel the need to fight you. I don't even feel the need to be jealous of you because I'm free of this and you're just at the start. So like, there's moments like that that are just so good that That's I can good, yeah. kind of like ignore some of the weaker parts. Cause like I said, again, not the best writer in the world, but when he is a good writer, damn, is he a good writer? <laughs> I also love, I love the idea of Lexi, especially in the finale where she has that conversation with Rue about fathers and about how certain fathers can mean certain things to different people and how certain situations can alter your perspective as far as their intentions, as far as their love, and as far as you feel like they hate you, they love you, uh, all this kind of stuff. I felt like that was a really good uh, conversation. To be honest, I, I, I was moved by it. I was like, this is actually really well done. Um, certain moments for the character of Lexi felt very much genuine to me. I, I've, I told you guys in season one that she was always the one that I was like, yeah, 
I think Lexi's the one who has like an actual hat on her shoulder. It's not crazy because she's the most chill one. Yeah. Um, but we saw that with the play as well. Uh, I also love just Ethan just going off for no reason at all. I just that thought man. it was fun to see him just be so free. <laughs> it's, it's He's like, bro, I'm that, free. And yeah, he's just it's dancing. It's that yeah. post breakup work that the guy know how that go. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's like, I need a hero. And he's yeah. just dancing. I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the idea of that behind that was pretty well done as well. Uh, the idea of like, you know, being the most masculine dude, but just being the complete opposite in that play. I thought that was really funny uh, the way it was framed. Uh, and that's why oh, I got yeah. Nate so mad. And anything that gets Nate mad, you know, it makes me happy. Um, so yeah. I love it. He is just the worst. Like it, it would shock me every single time because like there is never a moment where I, he is an attractive guy, Jacob Elordi, like taking a step away from euphoria. He's a, he's a good looking guy. I hate him so much on the show. I'm just like, you dirty, ugly, toxic like all this stuff and then they show those after after the show things where everybody's all cleaned up and normal and talking about the episode and then he has his like australian accent or whatever and i'm like wow such a handsome guy it's crazy that i feel nothing for nate other than just like pure hatred i mean and then you know but then you know i i feel like yeah that that mismatch with casting like definitely gets you because you know there's definitely people who look ex who sound exactly like their character like august cloud uh who sounds like angus almost cloud. exactly yeah. angus cloud sounds almost exactly like fesco and you're just like whoa he is fesco <laughs> same with um, uh faye the girl who plays faye um, yeah, yeah. Cherry. that's her <laughs> but um she's played herself um what? Uh, yeah. So I was gonna say shout out to the shout out to the kid um, who played um, him too. Shout out to uh, 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 Ashtray. Ash, uh, Ash, yeah. yeah, we actually apparently we did a video with him at Network like way back when, and now it has like a million views on YouTube or something like that. And because all the comments are like he's from before you, um, but yeah, uh, Ashtray Ash, Ash about that action, you know, as I like to call him about that action, uh, yeah, about yeah, that yeah. suicide. Yeah, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, I mean he's a kid, but. I, I was well, like, he's Damn, a kid, bro. but also like the thing is like they were raised so in like such a unique way and in something that no kids have like ever experienced. Sure. So sure. it was kind of interesting because like throughout the season, I kept being like, yo, what the hell is Ashtray doing? He's just yeah, out for blood. Yeah. He is just like Cal, even with Cal, he's just like yeah. bashing yeah. his head with the shotgun. And so it's very clear that like the second there is any level of even like the possibility of a threat, he is ready to go down. And since he was the one responsible for this it, and, and Fez was going to take the fall for it and take the blame. It seemed like he was like, nah, like if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging and you are not going to go through this. Like I am. So like, mm -hmm. it's this weird, like he's a kid and he's being stupid. And we're like, no, it probably wouldn't end up as bad if you just <laughs> didn't do this. Um, but like, this is all he knows. It's like put 100% oh, no. or put nothing. It it made sense to me, but it was still dumb to think I that know. you're going to face off against eight like freaking FBI officers who are strapped to the teeth by yourself. Yeah. And you're just going to come out a hero. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, there's no chance. you got no chance. Uh, yeah. I, and, and like you said, Sabrina, they've been teasing him, taking just things too far yeah. since season one, uh, him escalating situations. But again, I kind of like that entire finale of Fesco because Fesco is a fan favorite. And we kind of forget that Fesco raised this little kid in this environment. And, and we see him being like, yo, this kid is my, my, my business partner. And now he, he technically got him killed. And it's one of those things where 
we see Fesco as like, yeah, he's the cool drug dealer, but it's like, yeah, man, but nah, you still put your kid in. Really? Uh, I disagree with you entirely. Fesco was also a kid and he also went through a traumatic brain injury when he was really young, where he said Mm. there was like blackout moments. So it is very clear that like, he honestly is in the same exact position as Ashtray where it's like, they're just surviving. Like they're doing whatever. That of course they they're surviving. Survive. I just don't feel like raising him in that environment. If he really wants to get him he in didn't that raise environment. Them. He was a kid too. He's older than him, but he's also was a kid when Ashtray was introduced to the family. Exactly. Which is why he, he did raise him though. He did, even though he's older than him, he, even though he's not much older than him, he still raised him. I, I'm I don't see how Fesco can just wash his hands from this. You can't just be like, oh, I put this entire situation and surrounded him with this environment. And now I'm going to peace out and do my own thing. Like, well, you pay attention to this kid, bro. He was like, of you could see. And yeah, I'm sure he was it hurt. literally it's about brother. to take the fall for everything to save him. Ashtray is the one that made this decision and literally hit him in the head so that he could make it into the bathroom. Like he did not condone any of this. He did not I'm, try to. I'm not saying he did. Of, of course, he's he's a child. Like he can't just be like, well, the kid wanted to. It's a kid. <laughs> like he's an he's an actual child, which is why he shouldn't have been bringing him along to these drug deals, anyways. Like I don't I don't see. But he how was that... brought to the drug deals as a kid. So yeah. when people grow I... up in certain environments, they that's all they know. I get it. I totally I understand that situation. I I, I still don't get how you guys could be like, oh, yeah, like, really? I love Fesco. Absolutely. I think he is literally the same thing. He is just a victim of circumstance in his life. I agree. I totally agree with that. There's nothing against him. I have nothing. But I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the kid. It's a damn kid. You can't (laughs) put a kid in that situation. That's his his boy. That's his right hand man. That's his that's his right hand man or his kid. Which one is it? It's the grandma. Brings Robin places. What Batman brings Robin places? That's what I'm saying. This, this is, is a TV show. Yeah, it's an HBO show. It's supposed to be realistic, bro. I thought you said it was the most realistic show. Now it's supposed to be a comic book. What? Which, which one is it? It's again with like everything Arby Three is talking about. There's like there's this thing where it is realistic in the. I swear, bro, important. y'all just cut all this. No, no, no. Out. Listen, no, no, no. Nah. Uh, Everyone's just gonna times... get on my ass. Oh, Ace. Hey, that's your fault. No one told you to say all this. No, what I'm what I'm gonna say is the moments when it is important for it to be realistic, it is. With a drug addiction, it is realistic. With the toxic relationships, it is realistic. But then stuff like this, of course, there is this like um, just like everything is so heightened, and it's that like surrealism everything rb3 was talking about earlier and this is not real life in any sense of the word but in the themes that it needs to be real it is a lot of kids are not dealing with the fact that they are have been drug dealers since they were the age of like five so fezco like this is a totally probably like unrealistic it's different because his grandma was also taking him and saying like that's my business partner that's the reason why he was doing the same thing for ashtray like it's ultimately like the grandma's fault at the same time where she was like they say like fesco's grandma was a motherfucking g it's like she did love them she did care for them and she tried her best but it's the circumstances so nothing is on fesco besides the fact that he was still just trying to survive in the only way he knew how at that moment sure yeah. yeah, nothing's on Fesco. No. Fesco did nothing wrong. Ashtray is the one that literally stabbed this guy for no reason. So I'm not yeah. like Ashtray's a child. Fesco's He's not young. an adult. I think they aged him down. They originally said Fes- he was like older. Then they aged him down to be more like 
their age ish. So he's also like supposed to be like 18, 19. You're the type No, I'm literally, I agree with Sabrina. I mean, she's like, he's like 19. And, uh, and by the way, she, who's 19? uh, Vesco. Yeah. And then, and so they were, and by the way, Ashtray's like 12. Like he, he has enough of a rational mind, no, to not stab somebody. Like, like, no, I'm not saying he's not an idiot. I'm I'm definitely (laughs) saying he's an idiot. I'm just saying he's an idiot who grew up in this environment, but Fesco literally yeah, raised them you in this fe- environment. You wanted Fesco to put him on the streets, like report him to the police no, or something? Like, just so put him in front of fire? Fesco yeah. the same thing. Take him like, away from the situation. Don't put him in What's Fesco going to do when he's like 14? I don't know, send him to school. Fesco was like, Fesco was like <laughs> eight or nine or something? <laughs> when he's a drug dealer, man. Okay, you are showing your age throughout this entire review. I will say that. You are not old at all. Wow, because I'm defending I'm defending a child being raised in an environment where someone is made. But it's not Fesco's choice that he was Mm. raised in that environment. Fesco didn't do anything to Ashtray negatively. Like he is. We see Ashtray literally selling drugs for Fesco in season one. He's selling drugs with him. Because Fesco was doing the same thing. So it's not right in the first place. But you got to get to the root of the issue. Like it's not Fesco's fault that this is all he knew. Generational trauma, you know, his grandma was doing it to him. Fesco did it to Ashtray. And Ash- that's all they and- knew. Yeah, that's all I knew. Now I'm Fesco not saying with that. I, that's what I'm saying. He got to live. With. What does he got to live with? I thought he did nothing wrong, though. He I mean, he got. Wrong. Yeah, he he didn't do. I mean, he did, he did nothing wrong. I mean, Brett, murderers don't. I mean, th- th- but okay, we're you're getting into like a real like nuanced conversation here, bro. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, I think all I'm ta- saying is you're right. Yes, circumstances decided the situation. I'm just saying it still is on him because he still decided to be the person to take charge. He even said it at the end of the episode. I'll Bad be the man. one to take charge. So Brings if he's Robin. the one taking charge, he has to take charge over the entire situation that he was placing him in. Regardless of brings, anything that's happening. Yes, Batman brings Robin to every fight, man. Batman brings Robin to every fight. I understand where you're coming from. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's all good. Like, <clears throat> it's nothing but love. It's nothing but The respect. nice guys. The nice guys. Didn't they have a, a little girl with them the whole time? Yes. And the nice guys? And Gory like, Rice. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. And they were dealing with some crazy stuff. So, like, you know, put that energy to all the places then keep it consistent right 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 it's just euphoria hating but, euphoria but like okay something <laughs> sure. else that's really important since we spent so <laughs> much time talking should, about should mind their business well since we spent so much time talking about like whether or not this should be a thing or whatever like honestly like, i think this stuff, is all like, gonna get <laughs> no really in august really in august but no but since like whatever jules honestly like that's something i want to talk about like rb3 was saying that Jewel special episode that we got in between season one and season two, mm. one of my favorite things, it was such a complicated character because of all the stuff she had dealt with, with her mom, with herself, with her transition, with her growing up and her like kind of like dysphoria with her body and saying like, I don't know where I stand because I was this hyper feminine version of myself for so long because I was catering to the idea of men. And catering to the idea of being a woman. And when you are a woman, that is what you experience. You experience like the male gaze and everything like that. I just thought we had so much from her in that one. And I do know Hunter Schaefer helped Sam Levinson write that episode because it probably wouldn't have been nearly as incredible if he just did it himself. But going from that 
to this entire thing because another layer of it as well her being in love with somebody or really caring for somebody and being a great friend for someone who is dealing with addiction and how she dealt with it with her own mother and she's just getting a reflection of that and she is again we're looking at these people that are like 16 17 years old dealing with so much and so the fact that the only times we really saw her throughout the show was like her cheating on Rue with Elliot her doing this her doing that it was like I do understand the mix of wanting to keep stuff real, have people be flawed, have people make bad decisions, but we didn't even get really anything like good from her. And it was so unfortunate because Hunter Schaefer is an amazing actress and Jules is a great character and is a good person. So I just felt like that was entirely left out as well. Um, Just unfortunately. Yeah, the Jules character, I feel like it's a character that's really underrated because a lot of people forgot what what made her so like likable. I, I know you mentioned the episode of, of her as well. Um, I definitely wish we got more of her, especially that ending with Jules. It, it, it was it was a sweet moment, but it was also like bittersweet. Uh, it was a mafia kiss, like it was like yeah, all it right, was. We're done. But I, I feel like Jules is also another character that is in a very early process of, like you said, Sabrina kind of learning uh, throughout this whole situation, just her own identity. Uh, and, I, and I feel like the Elliot stuff, you're right, is a little <laughs> egregious. Uh, if, it, if they yeah. mixed it in with like positive things and there was reasons to like root for her character, it would make sense. Like she could totally be in a situation where she's finding out, which again, Elliot kind of being the villain in this like making a mistake basically only telling her just because he's into her and wants to get with her that's the feeling that I got from the moment so it wasn't for positive um kind of like anything positive telling her that him and Rue have been doing drugs that Rue is not sober it wasn't to help Rue it was more for his own benefit in that moment so there's like shady stuff that can happen but also I don't think Elliot's the worst human in the world but for Jules we didn't get too many positive things like, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Um, RB3, oh, go ahead. I know, I 100% agree. I think, uh, just like just like Sabrina said, yeah, they, they drastically underwritten her character. And, you know, I talk about a lot of this, um, you know, I'm on, shit, same respect here, I'm on uh, uh, Fandango slash, uh, I think, Rotten Tomatoes, a binge battle uh, with Mark Ellis and Steph Sabra, where we talked about uh, season uh, one versus season two of Euphoria. Uh, oh, wow. So if y'all want to check that out, it's on Peacock and I don't know where, anywhere you find your podcast that, um, but yeah, we talked about a lot of these same things, but yeah, with Jules, uh, yeah, with Jules is, is, you know, she was the heart and center of the season one. I feel like that was the romance that carried us through a lot of the first season. So kind of seeing that disillusionment uh, did hurt a little bit, but I hope in season three, maybe um, there's more involvement in that. So. Yeah, that was my following question, Sabrina, just to kind of close out the conversation, just because I'm looking at the clock now. We were supposed to finish a long time ago. My bad, y'all. That's my rants. Uh, what do you want from, uh, what are you expecting from season three? Or what would be something that you would want to see? Well, it's clear it's going to be different from this season since we did pick off almost immediately after we left off with the first one. And she's, and Rue at the end of this season was already talking about the end of the school year and different stuff like that. We do know that some of the people our seniors, I believe like Cassie, Maddie, Nate are seniors. Um, I wonder how that is going to play out. Um, what I want the most is just really that sense of, um, kind of like just love, like interwoven, like with all of them, like there was that sense of like friendship and 
platonic love all over the place like constantly being supported there was moments characters had with each other where you're like wow i never saw jules and and uh maddie together but seeing them together it's very clear that they have like a love for each other so like that's really what i want more of like i'm very happy that we ended it with like rue being sober obviously again she owes this drug dealer like some money unless unless it's in the really dark place of like when she was under drugs because she kept making those weird comments about like women having stuff to sell and things like that. I don't know. But as far as we know, she still owes her money. So that is probably going to be something that is huge next season. I don't know how something like that could be really ignored. Um, But yeah, overall, I just want the best for all these characters. And I also just want less shock value just like turn it down a little bit what we got in the first season I thought that was the perfect like level of really intense crazy moments but not completely taking me out of it and everything felt purposeful that's what I want for the next one how about you rp3 um well I still like to see them film it on film personally I know that's yeah, something that bothers that you on dress yeah, I know something that bothers dress. Oh it doesn't bother me at all I just feel like that doesn't mean it's oh it's great because of this I'm just like <laughs> Okay, true. Um, well, I hope, I hope they I hope they continue with that because I love that aesthetic. I hope they also, um, I just hope they give us more. They give us more uh, like other characters. You know, I hope they give us more McKay. I hope they give us more Cat. Or if they just decide to like forgive forgo those characters altogether, give us new characters. Give us new interesting people. Or give us more of um, like my favorite personal character was um, Lexi's uh, homegirl assistant um for the play uh i can't remember her name but she was super super funny to me anytime she was on screen so i want to see more of her i want to see more of uh i just want to see more supporting characters and see what's going to happen next with them yeah for sure uh hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation uh we went all over the place on euphoria but hey man just like euphoria was messy at times we were messy on this episode uh we went off we went wild just just we wouldn't have it any other way for a euphoria episode right guys uh, that's how we do mm-hmm. over on first cut <laughs> either way sabrina where can we find you follow me on twitter and instagram at sabrina x monica also on twitter at sabrina on film uh sabrina was right on the comments it's already going off i see them uh, sabrina's right thank you um yeah. rb3 how about you man? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at director RB3. And you can follow me at Squad Leader Race. Make sure you follow us at First Cut TMO and subscribe to First Cut if you haven't done so already. Either way, guys, for the First Cut crew, we're going to be peacing out. So peace. Peace.